We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now, people are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcast. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast, the Jake is not happy edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, joined, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglum. You can find him on Twitter, at Ross Uglum. And, of course, my name is Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. Ross, I'll ask you how you're doing, but I need to tell you right out of the gates, man, I need some therapy today. I need some Ross Uglin therapy because I am not doing well. But how are you? I'm good, man. I Like like I mentioned yesterday, um, and I think Aaron Nagler had a very similar um, sentiment after this game, to be honest. like They should have won probably, but at the same time, uh, they played like – they handed in like a D-plus or a C-minus uh, as far as – you know, uh, defensive game plan, uh, turnovers, just a number of things. 
and they still almost beat the number five team. Probably gonna, I would guess, after beating the Packers, might move up. They still beat the number five DVOA team in the league, or almost beat, excuse me, lost on a game-expiring play to an elite team on the road. I mean, the Colts aren't good. They're elite. They're a top four, top five team in the league. Uh, they're frankly ranked ahead of Green Bay by by total team DVOA, and on a neutral field, I think Green Bay wins that game. Um, it just that's they had a bunch of things not go their way. They played poorly, and were still very much in it with one of the better teams in the league. I I just I struggled to freak out. It's, and I guess I, I'm not freaking out because, like, everything you just laid out is correct, and you talk about everything still right in front of this team. Th- this wasn't a playoff game that they lost, you know, that we got to, you know, sit and think about it for six months. This is just a regular season game that they lost to a good team. Here's why I struggle with this loss still, and it's because of exactly what you just laid out. The Colts were supposed to be this great defensive team, you know, the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour could have taken another positive step this weekend. And, and ultimately, it really did. Rodgers played. Rodgers did what he wanted to do against this team, regardless of what the final score was. That first half was 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 excellent. You know, Rocky Sin made a really nice play. Probably shouldn't have thrown that ball. But that's really the only error you can point to in the first half for Rodgers. Third quarter was, was hot garbage, and he, he needs some of the blame for that as well. But here's what really bugs me is all of that. You know, you have this great team that's supposed to shut down the Packers, and the Packers absolutely went in there and punched them square in the face in that first half and said, hey, we're the Green Bay mother-effing Packers, and we are not going to lose to the Colts. Okay, I don't care that you were a top-ranked defense. We are here. We are a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year. And not only that, Aaron Rodgers, let me put my my name right in the center of this MVP conversation with A, either just completely dissecting this team, or B, marching down the field on that last drive and having an MVP moment, punching the ball in the end zone, winning the game. Um, and what really kills me is the other name that's smack dab in the middle of the MVP conversation is Patrick Mahomes, who almost to a T did exactly what we would have wanted Aaron Rodgers to do yesterday at the end of the game. Go just marching down the field and and being being Superman and, and winning the game for his team. Does that matter ultimately, Ross? No, it doesn't at all. It's it's totally just my personal feelings. It's totally just me being in my feelings, having to live in Kansas City and have to read the uh, my buddy Kent tweeting out uh, Patrick Levon Mahomes one man MVP race. It's like ugh, it bugs me because it's not one. It's not true. He probably is the MVP right now, but I just want I just wanted to have that signature win for the Green Bay Packers and that signature MVP moment for Aaron Rodgers and it just seems like it was right in front of them and they just didn't take it. They just failed to grasp it and let it slip through their fingers. So, that's just how I feel. Those are my feelings and I'm a little bit in my feels. Um I want to talk about the defense, Ross, and I want to ask you a question. I asked Jacob Wessendorf this question last night um, over at our buddies, uh, you know, Game on Wisconsin Roundtable, and um, all three phases, all three phases of the game uh, of the team yesterday deserve 
probably about equal credit for losing this game. Um, but obviously the defense is always going to get, always going to get the short end of the stick. And I'm going to kind of do that again right now because you look at this team defensively. Uh, these are guys I would say are, are blue chip, blue chip defenders. Well above average. I think the Packers have four of them on defense. I think clearly Jair Alexander is a blue chip player. Um, I don't think there's any debate about that. Uh, Zadarius Smith, Kenny Clark, and honestly, Adrian Amos has been playing safety as, as good as anybody in the, in the league. So you got four guys right there. That is a, you know, that makes up more than a third of your starting defense. And then you have guys that are emerging or, or good, you know, a, a average to above average NFL talent. And you had those guys, I would say, you know, you have Rashawn Gary, who is emerging. I think Kamal Martin is in that category. I think Christian Kirksey has been playing really well. Um, I think Kevin King, when healthy, is in that conversation. Quite frankly, Josh Jackson's been in that conversation. Darnell Savage has been in that conversation. He's been playing really well. So those are guys that I think you can trot out there and say we're comfortable and confident in these players. So that's about eight guys I just listed. So are you telling me then that of the 11 on the field that your Tyler Lancasters, your Dean Lowry's, your Preston Smith's, are they that bad? Because it just, for the life of me, Ross, I can't figure it out anymore. And I think I know, I know what the answer is, but it just, it kills me that they have this type of talent and they continue to just trot out mediocrity at best uh, at the defensive side of the ball. So laying out what I just said, Ross, give me give me some therapy here. Why why are the Packers so bad? And and can they fix it with the talent they have? Can this be a fixable issue this year? I mean, are they going to fire the defensive coordinator? Cuz that's where I'm at. Um yeah. I was there after the Tampa game, I'm still there, you know. I I don't I don't think this is a fixable issue with because of the just the flat out fact that this guy doesn't seem like he's going to change. I mean, Mike Pettin is showing absolutely no reason to believe that he's going to change the soft way that, that he calls the defense. And ultimately, you know, I think that's what you're worried about when you say, can it get fixed? It's like, okay, how? And the reasons don't make sense unless there's a change at defensive coordinator. And I, I don't know, like, could I can't think of a, a, a team that made a deep playoff run changing a coordinator mid-year. I'm sure it's happened. I, I, I'm sure it's happened. But I, I can't think of one. I can't remember one. Uh, and it doesn't seem like Matt LaFleur's style, frankly. I think uh, if you're a Packers fan, unfortunately, the uh, the change is likely to come after uh, – you know, after the season and, and likely, obviously if you're firing your defensive coordinator, it's likely to come after a season that didn't result in a world championship. And that's where I'm at. And I'm, I'm doing some research right now. Cause I want to say it happened recently. Someone fired their OC about this time of year. And I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm with you though. It, that is the answer to the question is I think it's fair to say that this Packers team has talent on, on defense and you see it in splashes. I think the other, I think the other scapegoat, I guess, is consistency. Some of the guys that I just listed 
aren't always making those splash plays. Like they can't. Well, they're not always being put in a position to make plays. I mean, here's here's where I'm at with it, and and this is kind of the answer to the crux of your question, which is, look, they have three flat ass blue chippers, flat ass. Zadarius Smith, Kenny Clark, and Jair Alexander are not only blue chippers; they're blue chippers at destructive positions for the opposing offense. If you said Ross, I'll give you three top four guys at their position. Where do you want them? I'm probably going to say edge rusher, free safety, and corner. I'm not that far off from disruptive pass rushing one tech. Like the free safety, that, you know what I'm like, I would take a prime Earl Thomas or, you know, some sort of elite cover one, cover three free safety uh, rather than Kenny Clark. But I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about it. Like I, I understand the argument on the other side, and they have the other two guys. They have the blue chip pass rusher, and they have the best corner in football. You have to be able to coordinate a defense that has those pieces. And as I've mentioned, Rashawn Gary, not a bum. Montrevious Adams against the run, not a bum. Then on the other side, King Zakiki against the pass, not a bum. You have one very functional defensive rotation at that other spot. Kamal Martin, not a bum. Uh, Preston Smith up and down, but not a bum. Kevin King slash Josh Jackson, not a bum. Adrian Amos is the last couple weeks has looked almost in that blue chip category, certainly in the Pro Bowl category. Uh, you just can't have as many upper tier quality players as the Packers have on D and be this bad. And, and I even think you know, as far as like super below average. Starters, you know, maybe at this point, I guess you could talk about Dean Lowry or you could talk about Christian Kirksey, but I, those those spots don't even matter that much to a, a good defense. I I struggle with it, man. I really do. Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. No, you you finished what I was going to say. Is you can, you can talk about consistency, but that also falls on coaching and being in a spot. I mean, Matt LaFleur said it today, and you can tell he's, he's fed up. Like, as he should be, as any... High school level football coach knows, like, hey, it's third and fifteen. What the hell are we doing playing third, playing thirteen yards off the ball, you know, and backpedaling to eighteen? Like, yes, you're soft. You're like the the under coverage is not supposed to be that deep, 
But when you're basically training them the entire season to say, hey, don't get beat deep, don't get beat deep, like that's naturally what they're going to do. That falls on coaching. And this is not just like a one-game thing. This is something we've watched all season, Ross. And, like, I'm at the point where I don't think this team can win a Super Bowl with Mike Pettin as your, as your defensive coordinator. They can, but the ball is going to need to bounce their way two or three times to beat a Kansas City Chiefs to beat, you know, to even to like beat the Colts yesterday. But they needed the ball to bounce their way a couple times on defense just to give their offense a shot because they took the ball away twice. You know, like I have never seen a team where the ball just flutters 20 yards in the air down the field and it falls harmlessly to the ground because there's no one in the middle of the field. Like, how does that happen? It's bizarro world to me. So my thing is, if you know, hey, Mike Patton's not it, do something, right? Like, what's the worst that could happen? Let's say, I don't even care who you promote. Promote Mike Smith. Promote Jerry Gray. Promote Ross Uglum. I don't give a damn. Like, promote somebody because at least you did something. If it's if you promote somebody and in three, four weeks, they're still just as bad, whatever. Yeah, you can at least say, well, we got rid of the guy because honestly, you can't get much worse. You know, and we, you talk about what, 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 what Petten is doing. It's not like he's dialing up these weird blitz packages or like some weird coverages that aren't working. He's calling a very basic game. He just doesn't do it at the right time. His, 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 like, it's like he's not watching the game. Like he's like, well, just cover three. Yeah, just getting covered. Let's just let's just get in dime. Like opening up the second half where you absolutely dominated. Like I thought the defense actually played one of their best halves of football in the first half against the run, um, and they did a good job. And so what do they do in the second half? Come out and dime for five plays in a row. Let them march the ball down the field to the thirty-five without without even being a wet paper bag. Like come on. Like this is getting to the point where it, it is. It's beyond ridiculous and. I don't like being – I hate being the fire the coach guy, but it just seems like he's almost checked out. And the only thing, I guess, for us that – and Jacob and I talked about this last night is, so far, um, Matt LaFleur has, has been money on on who he's hired as assistant coaches. I mean, you talk about bringing in Mike Smith. Talk about bringing in Jerry Gray. Talk about Adam Stenovich is, is, has been an incredible hire for this staff. Um, especially because when he brought him in, he had, you know, legendary James Campen was here. Everybody was upset about that. And rightfully so. James Campen is a hell of a coach. But what Adam Stenovich has been able to do with this offensive line this year, the way they've had to shuffle guys around, the way that he's had to get rookie, you know, six-round draft picks ready to play and play at a high level, which shout-out to John Runyon Jr. Nobody on this podcast is surprised that he's a stud. Um, but still, He's he's done an excellent job. I want to expand on that, that actually. I want to expand on that because I I mean, my God, um, you talk about a home run. It looks like they have another above average starter in the sixth round. I mean, this isn't like John Runyon after sprinkling three years of development dust on him. He looks ready to go now. Which is nuts. I mean, to me, it's it's absolutely nuts uh, for him to be just like rocking and rolling and coming into games cold. I I wonder what he'd look like if he actually started a game. I think it it 
absolutely opens things up for next year's draft. And, you know, for a post Corey Lindsley life, do you, you know, do you have, what I would do obviously is I would have Runyon and, and, and Elton play guard and, and then have uh, Lucas Patrick play center. And I think you just move on with your life with, you know, Billy and, and uh, Bakhtiari as the tackles. And, and then you draft more developmental offensive linemen, but uh, I don't know if it's that Stenovich is really, really good. Or if it's that, you know, obviously the uh, uh, the the GM took lessons from his predecessor on how to identify the crap out of functional offensive linemen. Yeah, and I think I think it's probably both, right? Um, and you look at Goody. Like, if if you can point to one thing that he's been really good at, it's offensive line. I mean, he he brought in he brought in Billy Turner who everybody was upset about last year, but the dude's just gone out and then a rock-solid right tackle um, can probably play. The two the two guys I'm going to point out are Billy Turner and Elton Jenkins, two guys that legitimately can probably play all five spots. And the, the, the flexibility that gives this team going into this offseason is invaluable with guys like Corey Lindsley probably gone. You know, it was Goody that decided to extend Lucas Patricks. He knew he had something there. Um, obviously he drafted Elton Jenkins. So, like, if there's one thing you can hang your hat on with Brian Gutenkus and say this guy is good at this, it is absolutely identifying offensive line talent because, it, like you said, it looks like they got another one in John Runyon Jr. Um, so if there's one thing that the Packers can say, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do it well, that's probably outside of identifying quarterback talent. I would say if I want a GM that's good at this, I want him to be able to identify offensive linemen because that is, again, outside of quarterback play, which honestly no one's good at. Like, that's a crapshoot. Outside of quarterback play, if you can't identify offensive linemen, you're not going to have a job in this league very long because that is the hardest position to put five functional starters out there. And honestly, I mean, and bringing in Rick Wagner, that was a great signing. You know, say what you want about him. He's he's an excellent backup tackle with the group they have, with Billy Turner's ability to, to kick over to left tackle, with Elton Jenkins' ability to kick over to left tackle. Having Ricky Wagner come off the bench and be able to play quality right tackle football for you. I mean, the Packers legitimately have four guys. Yeah, four guys that you, you would be comfortable putting rolling out there. That's unheard of in this league. So, you know, props to, props to Goody for being able to do that. And then you still have – we don't know what they have in Jake Hansen. We don't know what they have in Adam Stepanich or what's that guy's name? The Indiana kid. Stepaniak. Um, Stepaniak. So, yep. but with with Goody's track record, I'm excited to watch those guys play next year. I'm excited to watch them get a year of development in. So, um, I will never be. This is going to sound nuts. I will never be as amped for any preseason as I am for next year because whoever the draft class and the undrafted free agent group for next year is. Then imagine like that group plus never having seen Jordan Love, AJ Dillon in a featured role, uh, never having seen Stepaniak, never having seen Jake Hansen. And I get obviously, you know, that there are plenty of fans that just don't care. Like I've, I'll never forget starting that podcast with my best friend Ryan um, and and Jacob Westendorf, and Ryan just kind of being like, I. I need you to know that I'm coming from the perspective of loving the Green Bay Packers more than life itself, but not really giving a shit about guy 
38 to 53 on the roster and certainly not guy 53 to 75 on the roster. And I'm like, well, that's where I come in because I would like to know the potential of every single one of these guys. And then of course the featured attraction, man, Jordan love, like getting to watch Jordan love actually throw a football in a green and yellow uniform. That first preseason game is going to be must see TV. Yeah. I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be nervous for him. And you didn't even mention getting to watch the laser show which is just an added bonus, you know? So um, it, I get it. And something Jacob and I talked about last night, too, um, going back to the game, because we can definitely get off the rails here if we want to, because I am probably equally as geeky as you, where I could tell you um, who the 78th guy on the 2013 roster was in the preseason. Uh, but um, looking at, you know, something, two things, I guess. When you talk about draft philosophy for this Packers team, I guess we'll t- I can – we can hit on this because look at the way I think there's, there has been, and Jacob actually pointed this out and I think he's right. When you look at the way this Packers team believes in building a team, I think there's been a little bit of a shift since LaFleur and Goody came in because they've only had one guy that is, and was an opening day, day one from, from jump street starter in Darnell Savage. You, I guess you could say Chris Barnes, but that was not their plan. Um, and this is a team that is very much drafting guys and, and giving them a year, giving them two years before they're really unleashing them into the starting lineup. And that's not something that we always saw in the past with these Packers teams, sometimes out of necessity that they were playing rookies. But um, I think if this team has it their way, they, they love sitting those guys. And another team that's been able to do that really successfully that should encourage you is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've always been that way. You know, I remember when Bud Bud Dupree is one of the best pass rushers in the league right now. Didn't you know he was kind of he was kind of on that Rashawn Gary developmental track where he you know, he he came off the bench, he rushed the passer, now he's a stud. You know, so um, that's interesting to kind of look at. And the second thing that I want to talk about in that game yesterday, and I'm just going to throw this because this is just this is just fanboy in me wondering why don't we do that? And you look at how the how the Colts are not going to sneak Phillip Rivers. They're just not going to do it. And the Packers probably aren't going to sneak Aaron Rodgers either, which I honestly, I, I don't, I don't hate. I don't hate that when it's fourth and inches and you got to have it. Um, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to throw Rodgers out there and get it. But you saw what, what happened with Patrick Mahomes last year. Aaron Rodgers has a history of being injured. I totally get why they don't do that. Why not bring in Tim Boyle, who's a young, strong, athletic dude to just come in and sneak the ball? It doesn't really matter if you know that it's coming. We saw that yesterday. You see that across the league. You line them up. A QB sneak is, is incredibly hard to stop. Uh, Ross, what are your thoughts on that? Is that me just being like, hey, they do that. Why don't we do that? Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or an overbearing parent screaming words of wisdom from the stands, fewer than 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether it be 30 years of Hall of Fame QB play in Green Bay or 30 years of quarterback torture in Chicago, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I I, I can be angrier about petting with the Jacoby Brissett stuff, like, 
I they sh- that should have been cover zero, no question. Like there was no reason to respect the pass option on that stuff, but whatever. Uh, they actually did, I think, get it for a loss once when it counted, so maybe I'll quit complaining so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of signals what you're doing, though. Um, I, yeah, I think you still want kind of the the illusion that you might not be be doing that. Um, I, you know, I think I you miss Randall Cobb in situations like that where you know, it's a little confusing. Like if they had an XQB gadgety wide receiver, that'd be fun. But I think you just don't take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. And, and if you do bring in Tim Boyle, you know, and they know it's a sneak. I know like Brady got to the point where it was pretty much a guarantee, but um, ultimately like, yeah, I just, I don't think it would work like that. I, I I, I can't go. I can't go there with you. I, and that they always talked about. You know, they, they talked about that with Cobb specifically. Well, why isn't there Wildcat stuff in from Cobb? The answer was always, you want to take the ball to Rogers' hands. Is that you know? Do you want to put in Tim Boyle? And, and no disrespect to Tim Boyle, but uh, why? <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, well, I get it. Second guess because they were so bad on and one situations yesterday. Uh, but if you look at this team throughout the course of the year, that's that's um, that's that's a deviation away from, like, what the normal is for them. They've actually been really good on third down. So um, you, you would expect just that to continue because that's been a strength of this team. Now, these and short situations, though, that I, I mean, I would rather see this team in third and five, third and six, third and four than third and one because it just seems like they get in their own way. And, and I almost – I almost wish that Matt LaFleur would just treat it like third and five. Like just, go, just you need a yard, but just go get yards. Quit getting in your own head. Quit jamming everybody in there and trying to pound it because they're not good at it. You know, so yeah. I mean, like, look, I mean, I love Elton Jenkins. He's not a road grader yet. He might develop that functional strength as part of, you know, a, a professional strength and conditioning program, but. Right now, he is an elite pass blocker, which makes him an elite guard. But he is not a road grader at, at yet. At this, you know, at this point, that's not what he is. So, uh, you know, I just I, I I don't love that stuff. Lindsley's fine. Lucas Patrick is the antithesis of a road grader. Um, and so this third and one single back stuff up the gut is just not. Not the deal. It's it's not what makes any sense, in my opinion, for them to try and get done. Um, I, I just, you're right. I, if they treated third and one like third and four, I think they'd convert more of them, especially because you get into situations, you know, where I think the opposing team is getting ready for uh, a run up the gut. You know, you're going to get third and one defensive personnel probably on the field. Yeah, and I think having... Alan Lazard back is, is going to be helpful on those third down situations because if the ball is going in the air, um, you know Rodgers is going to stare at 17 until it's absolutely not there, which I don't I, I totally get. Um, and, you know, the, the third and whatever comebacks to MVS, like they just need to stop. And I just said, too, like I'm in on MVS. Like I've been hard on him in the past, and it's easy to be hard on him, but – but my goodness, if, if he has not responded every single time, he's been he's been in the dirt. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do next week um, versus Chicago. But I just don't think 
right now, that's where his skill set lies. You know, it doesn't lie uh, as, you know, on third and eight, running an 11-yard comeback. Like, that's just not what he does well. And I think that's what Alan Lazard does really well. That's what Devontae Adams does everything well. Um, but getting 13 back out there is going to be a lot is going to be very helpful and beneficial for this offense. Um, so moving on to next week, we got the Chicago Bears coming to Lambeau Field. Uh, the Bears are reeling. The Bears don't have a quarterback that's healthy, or they do, but either if they are healthy, I'm not sure that they have a quarterback. Um, but their defense still pretty good, Russ. Um, what are your thoughts, level of concern, level of confidence, um, you know, er- early in the week going going into Green Bay next week to play the Chicago Bears? Oh, it's really high. Um, you know, the only thing that would scare me would be awful, awful weather again. And I, I haven't looked at the forecast. You know, as I've mentioned on a number of, of occasions, like terrible weather absolutely does close the gap between good teams and not good teams. Right now, yeah, it looks fine. 43, partly cloudy. It's going to be cold, but the wind's under control. It's under control. Uh, Eddie Jackson, probably Akeem Hicks, I don't know. Uh, he got hurt, obviously, during the Vikings game. Um, you know, we don't know anything as far as moving forward yet because recording this on a Monday night. But if Akeem Hicks is out and Eddie Jackson is on the COVID list, that's your second and third best defensive player. Um, and I don't think there's really any debate about that. I, I think Khalil Mack is the guy, but Akeem Hicks and Eddie Jackson are incredibly important. Um I think they've been getting by at that other safety spot with Tishon Gibson, maybe. Um, and But he's nothing to write home about, and I don't think Eddie Jackson's backup is either. I, I like Jalen Johnson a ton, but Rodgers still eats rookie cornerbacks for, for breakfast, and if they're not going to follow Adams around with Fuller, they're going to have a problem because Buster Screen's terrible. And ultimately, that offense, I mean, my God. Like, you were watching that Vikings game thinking if Cordero doesn't or Cordero or Anthony Miller don't score on special teams, they're not going to score. And I get it. Like, the Packers just gave up 34 points to the 18th best offense in football. But the Colts are on a different stratosphere than the Bears on offense. And I don't – I mean, whatever. Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, Tyler Bray. I think Tyler Bray brings another level of suck potentially into the fold. But this – this Packers offense isn't going to fear this Bears D. I mean, the, the Bears aren't significantly better than the Colts in any way on defense, and that's with Akeem Hicks and Eddie Jackson. Yeah, and I think Khalil Mack is the guy that you you highlight, you star, but, you know, you just gave – you just backed up the Brinks truck for David Bakhtiari, and you expect him to do what he does. Um, and yeah, I so, mean, that'll be Billy Turner's responsibility, but I get what you're saying. Sure, but even so, Billy Turner has been lights out this year. So, like, you know, really what I'm saying is the the Packers' offensive line being the number one, you know, pass-blocking efficiency offensive line, like that's just not something, yeah, you should really be worrying about going into this game. Um, This could be a get-right game for this defense, I hope. You know, that's um, (laughs) the only thing I think you could could point to with this defense is is Mike Pettin being Mike Pettin and saying, well, we'll just – We'll give you the easy stuff. Um, even even Mitchell Trubisky can take the easy stuff most of the time, <laughs> uh, unless it's to the left. But 
Yeah, this should be a get-right game for this Packers. I mean, there's not a game left on the schedule, Ross, that I think you look at and say, wow, just no way, no how the Packers are winning that game. The closest thing to that is Tennessee, just because Derrick Henry is going to freak people out, and rightfully so. But if Derrick Henry doesn't go for 250, I I have a hard time seeing the Titans win that game. Could happen, though. Um, But I think, yeah, just moving forward, uh, everything is still right in front of this Packers team. You know, Tampa Bay's got a tough one tonight, and they've got a tough one next week. Um, the Saints still need to play Kansas City. You know, the Seahawks are still doing going to do Seahawks things. So as far as the number one seed, it's right there, you know, for this Packers team. So, um, Ross, I don't have anything else. We got a good good little episode in today. Um, thank you for the, the therapy session. I feel much better um, moving forward. And so, uh, Ross, thanks for joining me, bud. Um, and, guys, thank you for listening. And as always, go Pat, go. is finally over football is back you might not be at a game this year but you can be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.